paid uh, Out to the pay for the grass is always green uh, I don't do no labels, I call it how I see it uh. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of a No Label Convo. Here are my boy Nell. Yo. Shouts out to everybody that's been subscribing on YouTube as normal, liking on Instagram, sharing on Instagram. Follow us at No Label the Pod, No Label the Podcast on Facebook, and at No Label the Pod on Twitter. Now, go ahead and get into the sponsor. Yes, sir. Shout out to our sponsor. Shout out to Guapcoin. Guapcoin. Cryptocurrency for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Stay in tune with it. Learn. Learn as it grows. You know what I mean? So today, today we sitting with one of the great minds, uh, the great organizers of Buffalo, one of the guys in this music scene who's been doing stuff for a long time. And it's like, we always talk about how we have such a, like, a rich history of artists and stuff like this. And shoot, he's been with the studios, been doing stuff for years. And shoot, and he make dope beats. <laughs> so like, shout out to my boy Brennan, a.k.a. Beats Anonymous. What's good? What's good, boys? Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Finally, finally, up, finally on the no label. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we, we, we brought the bridge to us. You know what I <laughs> mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to say, I was in the bridge studio spot doing the thing for a while, so I already know what's going on. But like, glad to finally be a part of it in a you know, physical form, myself. Mm-hmm. Word, word. The time is right. The time is right, man. The sure. quality up, everything, man. Everything up. Popularity. So yeah, it was, it was only, on. it's only right. It's only right. Facts, facts. Man, so how you been? How how everything treating you? Good, man. Uh, been, you know, uh, I, I stopped myself because I was about to, I've been doing a whole new thing with trying to replace some words in my vocabulary. Instead of busy, I like to start saying productive. So mm-hmm. I've been very productive lately. Um, got a lot of different things going on. Um, you guys obviously know about the studio, um, Bridge Studios, New York. It's um, one of the top it, hip-hop studios. Easily, easily one of the best studios in Buffalo. Like, According no to Google reviews and all that shit. We're, 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 we're Check your Yelp reviews. Come on, go look, at us, look us up. <laughs> if you've been tapped in with us. A good majority of our episodes is in Bridge Studios. That's a fact. That's a fact. What, tw- almost 24 hours? Yeah, 24-7. Just don't call me at 10 o'clock and be like, yo, let me get in the studio right now, because that ain't happening. So <laughs> give us a, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours notice, and we can get you in the studio. But uh, yeah, we're open 24 hours, but just been busy trying to you know build that, keep going with that. Um, I was just thinking today, too, it's pretty dope, because like, that's my business, but like my business is helping other people grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. Like my one engineer, Spencer, he just you know turned his punching in into a LLC, so he's got a business. So there's businesses nope. coming out of Bridge, so it's kind of turning into like an incubator. In Shout sense. out to Spence, man. Yeah, right. y'all Shout know Spence. He's the man. He'll beat Spencer Vega. Spencer makes music. Is Spence is Spence the uh, same producer that was doing stuff with uh, the baby? No. That's Busco. So, like, as you hear, hey, I didn't say it, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a really talented staff. Um, that's Busco. Busco's actually in uh, in L.A. right now, working with a bunch of different people. He works with an artist named L.A. E H L A E. Oh um, shit! That's yeah, he's a fire like R and B guy. Um, what's her name? India. India. June. India. India, India, India I was something. about to say India what? Nah, <laughs> right. yeah, now there's a new artist coming out of uh, LA too. India, I want to say India June, but I don't think that's right. It's India something. Mm-hmm. But like a bunch of dope, really like tapped in artists that he's working with. Like, you know, dude's got tracks with, like you said, The Baby. Got tracks mm-hmm. with Future. Got tracks with Denzel Curry. So he's doing a lot. So he's been a really like big blessing to have in my studio and be on the production team and everything like that. Facts. It was, you got, still got Tony Boy. Tony Boy, yes. Tony Boy else is in so there. We got, Tony Boy, uh, Spencer Vega, um, myself, um, G Premacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just got a new dude. Um, he's actually our junior engineer. He used to be an intern, so he's our new junior en- engineer. So that's another thing I'm saying. Like, we're bringing nice. people up through the whole process. Yeah. He started off as just like, yo, I need an extra hand setting up in between sessions. Help me with the garbages. Help me set up my computer and shit while I'm running around, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, let's make it clean in here. And he stuck around and said, you know, he's been hustling. So I've noticed that. And he's like, yo, every session that's here and I have nothing to do, I want to sit in and learn from every single engineer. And so he's been doing that. He's learned a lot. And now he's, you know, he's got some skill to him. Yeah. So he's into the junior engineer 
session. So normally if you come to our studio, we're $50 an hour until he's a little bit up, more up to speed and everything like that. Uh, he's actually doing sessions for, I think it's either 35 or 40. I got to talk to him. We were actually kind of talking about that recently. Gotcha. So we have a, you know, a little bit cheaper uh, range available for people that are like, you know, I don't know if I'm really serious about it, but yeah. I still want to try and record something real quick just to see how I sound. You know what I mean? So Dope. Hell yeah. Is he like the first intern you've had at the studio? So he's technically our very first intern that would have turned into a like staff position. Um, a couple of the other guys, they've had the opportunity to do that, but um, a lot of the guys that we get are from like different colleges around here, UB, Buff State, and things Facts. like that. Um, he just happened to be a local guy, so he um, was able to do it. But two of my other guys who were really like interested in doing that, they live out in New York City. BX in uh, Harlem, so they're out there, but nice. they're like, you know what, this world's getting crazy. I might need to move out of the city and come back to Buffalo. It's a little cheaper down there. <laughs> That's so, a fact. And a you can come make, you know, $35 an hour, so Come not? on. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely, definitely do that. So is is Bridge, I'm sure Bridge, is, I know Bridge isn't the first studio that you had. When, when did you first, like, getting into, like, okay, I'm going to create a space for people to record? So that's kind of a funny story. Um, so as you said, I'm a music producer. I make beats. I got into like the whole music thing just because I used to love beats so much. Like, I can rarely recite a whole song front to back lyrics, but I'll know every single beat transition. Like, oh, here comes a, you know what I mean? All that little shit. But like, I was just, you know, in my bedroom on Reverb Nation, if y'all remember. I don't even know if you're old enough to remember that. Yeah, y'all, he's a producer, so he knew about it. But. So I was on Reverb Nation, and it was like small at the time, and that's actually how I met Deuce Ellis, another local dude who's actually like Buffalo, Brooklyn, kind of how I did mm-hmm. bounce around. Mm-hmm. But um, we were kind of like going back and forth when I was just putting out beats on here, and he was putting out full songs, and I was like, I kind of like this dude's stuff. And we were always seeing each other in the top three, and so I like put my beats out on uh, Reverb Nation, and then one day he hit me up and he was like, yo, let's do something. And so I sent him some beats he recorded. And I was like, yo, you're in Buffalo. Why don't we just get together and record? It right. makes more sense. Because, you know, everything started getting so digital. Or I was like, yeah. yo, send it, send it. It's like, yo, we're right here. Just come through and like, let's yeah, build this energy. And um, that's kind of what it really was. I was like, you know what? I want more exposure to my beats with vocals on it. I'm sick of just making beats for fun, like yeah. uploading them. And that's the last, like, what's next? So that's like around 2000 and I'd say eight or nine and um that's like when i first started like really recording people in a sense but like not too serious like it was just like every mm-hmm. now and then 2013 come along that's when individuals came along okay and that was the essential like all right i'm doing this i'm jumping all in was the money and like bought all the equipment and made it where you were you were djing a bit too or so that's how i started off in high school Middle okay. school, high school, I don't remember, honestly. Um, I've always loved music. Like, my grandma was, like, a like record vinyl head. Nice. Um, I would go to her house on weekends and just, all right, what she got this week? You know, like, it's funny because Coolio just passed. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, not, Coolio. That, cause that's not funny, but it's, it reminded me of, like, mm-hmm. my grandma having the Gangster Paradise Coolio. The introduction. Like, yeah. The, you know, and, like, it's like, what was my grandma doing listening to this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, that's why like, I love beats and things. It's like, that was a beautiful orchestration with the strings and everything like Facts. that. So like, I think that kind of stuff got me really into like beats and like blending of beats and like the DJing aspect is gotcha. what got me into producing. Because if you can blend one song to another, then you can start to hear the two songs blend and you're like, ooh, yeah. I kind of understand how they made a beat. And then that's kind of why I started getting into the actual beat making rather than the DJing. Uh, the reason I asked is because I remember I remember going. This is before I knew who you were, but my brother was talking about you. He's like, "Yo, yeah, this dude, he be going back and forth to the city. He was on, he was on Main Street at the time. I go in there. Was that your house? So yeah, uh, I used to have. That was my. I would say that's actually the very first like real studio where I like opened up to the public and was just like, "Yo, come through and record." Blah blah blah. Yeah. Put like flyers out and all that. That was um above. What's that comic book store? Forgive me, my man. You were really dope to me, and I forgot your name. And the, the com- A1 Queen, com- Queen City Comics books. City. Thank you. Yeah, Queen City Comics books. So we were above that spot, and uh, yeah, that was my very first spot. And like, yeah, I just bopped around the University Heights, ran your brother. That's how yeah. I met him. Steer, shout out to them. Were, and uh, yeah, like he open. said, yeah, they back open. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't try and name nothing. Uh, lake, lake Effect. They might come after you. <laughs> but yeah, I actually DJed there a few times, like just on an IV tip, like just always trying to do things, like bring different people together, 
and bringing the hip hop to like different areas because like UB's popping and all that, but they're not really like the hip hop scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nah. like I kind of was stuck in the steer Main Street University Heights bubble for a little, little too long, truthfully. Mm. And then finally it was like, oh shit, there's shows right down here at Broadway Joe's. Yep. And then that expanded my like eyes and everything into like the rest of the hip hop scene. Dope. How long did you have the first studio for, the first spot? So pretty cool. Honestly, it's like all been pretty good progression. There's always, you know, downs. But um, 2013 is when I opened up the studio on Main Street above the comic book store. And then in 2015, then I was managing artists and everything under IV. So I had four artists that I had managed. We were just like doing little mini tours and like, mm -hmm. you know, just bopping around doing our thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there... I moved to New York City because I was like, yo, what's the next step for us? Like, how can we elevate this? We got to find a bigger market. And mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, we kind of hit a wall with my knowledge. So mm -hmm. I kind of was like, let me figure something out. And they were like, yo, let's just do what you can do. And I figured out if I could go out to New York City and tap in with some, you know, bigger names, get educated with some different, like, internships and whatnot, that would help me. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what I did. So for two years... I had that studio, closed it while I lived in New York. Moved back here in 2018 or 19, I truly forget. And uh, we've been in Bridge Studio since, coming up on our fifth year in February. So did you know anybody prior to moving out to New York, or did you just go out there? No, nah, bro, I'm a nut, man. I'll go anywhere and just walk the streets by myself. Bro, I went to A3C, uh, I went to South by Southwest by myself. I was like, oh shit, that's Camo Monk. Yo, Camo, like, yeah, randomly, just like, I, I'm comfortable like being around, like, so I just went out there. I will say, I did like make a Facebook status. I lied, there was one person I knew, but I didn't know him. I knew him for like Facebook, mm -hmm. like that kind of know. Like, there's a dude named James Nietzsche, Duck Down James, mm -hmm. and big ups to him, he's responsible for a lot of like the things that I've gotten myself into like situationally. Um, Duckdown James is the name because he runs Duckdown's Duck Down, like A and R, like mm -hmm. everything. Their pages, album releases, and uh, he's from Rochester originally, and he had moved out to New York City, and I want to say like 2012. He actually invited me to stay at their spot because I made a status saying, "Yo, anybody know of any apartments in New York City? Because I'm about to just go out there." And he's like, "Yo, my roommate's moving out in July. If you want to move in in July, we got you." And I was like, "You know what?" Yeah, That's the closest thing to somebody I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I've seen you on Facebook. You seem like a dude that ain't going to jux me or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I ain't going to come home in my room when I'm going to be empty. <laughs> so, like, I was like, fuck it. It's better than, you know, going out there on, uh, forgive my terminology. Some people don't like the term gypsy, but there was a group called Gypsy Housing mm -hmm. um, on Facebook where you would just, like, literally, like, throw up, yo, I got 900 bucks a month. Who, who needs a roommate? And that's kind of what I was into. And I'm like, man, I really don't like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... That's kind of what it was, but it all panned out because James is a real good dude from Rochester in Western New York. He was a Bills fan, you know what I mean? So he's got that oh, Buffalo blood yeah, energy, the, all yeah, that. Yeah. So it was like, all right, I can get with this dude. He's cool. That's hard. And from going out there, knowing, maybe knowing like barely knowing one person, and then you ended up linking up with uh, like Pro Era and somehow getting. A lot of people, man. Um, so I actually linked with Pro Era before I moved out there, which is kind of weird. Hmm. I moved, uh, I met. Um, Nick Caution and a bunch of those guys um, at this like crazy ski slash snowboarding trip we do. Okay. We used to do this annual trip with like a bunch of my boys from the UB days. So full circle, it's crazy. Um, one day they were like, yeah, my boy, uh, uh, not gonna say his full name, my boy Baba Boss coming through. And I was like, oh, cool, is that the one rapper dude? He's like, yeah, it goes by Nick Caution. Nick Caution and didn't blow up at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, I, th I think I know who that is. And, end up partying and then now we actually I'll say it right here because this will probably go live when it's out but mm. next week on the 13th Jay Skis, myself and uh, Nick Caution got a single coming out oh. um, it's my track I produced so look up uh, Dead Center on anywhere you find music um, preferably Bandcamp um, <laughs> and uh, just yeah Jay Skis, Nick Caution Dead Center coming out next week that's the first track we got together so like yeah I ended up meeting with mad different people but like from that experience I met like all the Duck Down legends DJ Premier yeah. like a new person when I was like young MA like a lot of people don't know Duck Down was managing young MA 
Mm, that makes that makes so, sense. Behind the scenes, a lot of like the things that you know, let me help you out and put you where yeah. you need to be, put you in the rooms you need to be at, and things like that. Yeah, I always see it, like when an artist like has a single and it blows up crazy and it's kind of almost like out of nowhere, quote unquote. Somebody's behind that. Yeah, yeah there's been somebody, a lot of behind the scenes. Yeah, work. somebody who's, who's been in the game that? for a long time mm-hmm. is yep. right there. It's like, yep. oh, yeah, I got you. Y'all watch Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch the last joint where they're like, you got to get yourself a young white uh-huh, boy or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like all the older rappers. Yeah, yeah all the old dudes were like, yo, you got to get yourself a young guy. And that's what it is. Because like for a while, I don't, what was it? Uh, Lil Uzi Vert, I think. Is that DJ Dramas? Yeah. yeah. So like DJ that, I, I had no and, idea. And Don Cannon. Boom. Yeah. So like. Jack Harlow was running with him for a while. No, they're still with him. Oh, they still, yeah. So, like, it's like, okay, I get why he can go off to the side and do this little project that isn't going to monetize as much as that. And he can still act the way he does because he's still got a bag. Mm -hmm. Because this dude's over here and he's getting his 15, 20, whatever the hell percent. I don't know what his deal is, but you know. Yeah, they're still eating. Yeah. And that's one thing I admired about, like, artists like Joey Badass is like, he dropped that tape. Then it was, he was never, it was never the big quote unquote mainstream success in the beginning, I'll say. But he's, yeah. he was able to make enough money as an artist and continue to make art. Right, right, and that's, right. that's probably one of the hardest parts. Like, once you get that little buzz, it's like, okay, how do I sustain yeah. myself so I can continue to do this before I blow? Yeah. Yeah, man. What do you... This is off topic, not really. What do you think of uh, Atlanta, the new seasons? I love it, man. I just love the, like... The, like, the brain fuck. Like, <laughs> the juxtapositions and, like... All the little hidden things, because like you gotta stop sometimes. And be like, wait, yeah. did he just? Oh, I see something here that yeah. you know. There's a lot of hidden like. But a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, a lot of people don't like that. It's not cohesive like the first two seasons where where it was like a storyline they're working towards this, and I was just like. But you know what? Those first two seasons, if you think about it, I never really heard anybody, at least in like the film world, saying like, "Yo, Atlanta's the best." directed or produced and put together show. Mm. Right now, if you look at reviews for the last two seasons, That's what they say. highly acclaimed people are saying, yo, this dude's brilliant with how he's shooting he's and thinking. filming and doing what he's doing. I think that may also be because it Not was, everybody such, can it was, it was such a hiatus. Yeah, it was such a hiatus and build up to these seasons to where people have been waiting for it too. That too. And Donald Glover has also gotten a lot bigger since mm-hmm. the last seasons they recorded versus, what is it, season three and four? That's yeah. mm-hmm. Versus yeah, these yeah, last yeah, two yeah. seasons. So I think it all plays a factor. And I think it requires a certain mind too to really just digest it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the big thing. And he was, he's touching on a lot of like true scenarios and true stories too. That's what I like about it, these It's seasons. a real showing of the, the industry. Like yeah. it's not... The people was trying to say, oh, this isn't, it's not black enough. It felt like they're catering. I'm like, no. When you go into these hip hop spaces and they're doing business, it's white. It's really white. It's we like, all like, seen Bobby Schmurder on the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I was like, no, get down, Bobby. No. <laughs> but they, but shit, they going to give him that. Oh, 10 million. Yeah, <laughs> Make they, his hey. budget 10 million. Amazing. Bring him, bring him here anytime. God damn. <laughs> But like honestly, I, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was like the Rory and Maul podcast I was watching. Like I just like when I'm doing my work, I just put some podcasts on in the background, just run it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And they were talking about how uh, the Kendrick Lamar um, album. A lot of people were like, "I don't fuck with it," or "I fuck with it heavy." Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing. Where mm-hmm. because he's either a putting up things that are a little too tough to digest in a like quick one over listen, mm-hmm. and if you're not really a fan, you're not gonna go back in three four times or whatever. And secondary, a lot of that stuff is like, shit, you might not want to admit yourself Mm -hmm. that that's a lot of shit to do with you in your own life. Or you're not maybe you, but like your cousin, your uncle, your dad, your mom, your sister, whoever, you know, somebody, your best friend. Like, shit, yeah, that's my boy over there on the fuck you, nigga. (laughs) Yeah, I know that so well, but I'm not trying to listen to that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you know it's a problem. You don't have the answer and you don't, you know what I mean? You don't want to think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. That's I think that like things like that is like what made Atlanta good, what made Kendrick good, what makes like Jordan Peele good. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Tr- bruh. I didn't see that uh, new joint. No, you didn't uh, see the new one? Nope. Look. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Did you see it? I see I it. I didn't see it. I see uh, it. You seen it? Yeah. I seen so many mixed reviews. Should I see it? I say see it. Should From I the, uh in a sense of in a sense of somebody somebody in the industry of like we we are we're in a field where like we're in front of a camera, and it's like he says the the idea like this this oh, fuck the movie opens up in the sense of they talk it's a quote it talks about spectacle, 
it talks about doing things for the camera, doing things in like for a look. And then like just being in media, being in the industry, you can see it. You'll see a lot of parallels like, oh shit, like I'm not the only one who who sees it like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say a good good example is like the son, the son, the main character, he doesn't, he's not very talkative. Okay. He, he doesn't like being in front of the camera, but his sister, super charismatic, wins everybody over, but he's the one that gets the job done. But the people don't like him, they like the sister. And she'd be fucking up and doing all that. Yeah, cause, but she got to get the gap. Yeah. And it was just like seeing that on camera and then go, them going through a, like real life shit. And it's like watching them work together and seeing how they digest spectacle being in front of the camera. Right, right. Okay. It's, it's, dope. it's a dope thing. So what I saw recently was that film, uh, Everything All at Once, every, everything, everything Everywhere everything, All everyone. at Once. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. So, like that joint was fire. Like I kept seeing like commercials and everybody was like, yo, this is one of the best movies, blah, blah, blah. Hold on, Because like Who's Everywhere All at Once. Asian, it's like it's an Asian lady. Oh, that's the one you was telling me. Yeah. Yeah. You seen it yet? No, nah, you do. That's Netflix. crazy. So I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to theaters. I'm gonna I'm watch it when it comes out on stream. And I actually was like, you know what? I'll spend the. I think it was like nine ninety nine to stream it. But it was stupid because it's like for twenty four hours. It's like, yo, give it to me for like a week or something. Yeah. Like, I want to watch it twice. Yeah. I'm not watching it twice in a night. Like. Yeah, I, I, I watch it in the movies, but I, I know a website you can watch it. Yeah, watch I was gonna say you can always get all them joints. It was a fire movie though. Like the yo, same type of tip. Like you think like the movie's weird and it takes you traveling like through your emotions and whatnot. But like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that same shit. Like, they pose those like metaphorical like questions and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, is this what it is, or how it seems? Perspective off. Yeah, like, you know what I mean, people could easily get you could easily get distracted with all the little things going around, like all the little crazy stuff going around. But it's like if you really see what he's trying to, what they're trying to say, mm-hmm. is there some real shit? Yeah, that's why I like that movie. I gotta watch it again, but I was like, yo, I'm not about to rent it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you, man. So. uh when you were in this in New York City, what made you be like, okay, I planted my feet here. Let me come back to Buffalo and do my thing. I didn't truly like plan it. Um, so I was actually in a situation where I was managing a thirty-eight room recording studio facility. This dude I Sheesh. met had I had met him like a year or two before, and I was like, yo, I'm looking for a studio out here, blah blah blah, out in Brooklyn. And he showed me some like weird little like art spaces that weren't really like soundproofed or nothing like that. And he was like, you know what? I really like your idea. And he's like, I've never even thought about doing that. Let's talk in a couple months. And I was like, all right, whatever. And eight, nine months later, he calls me and he's like, hey, uh, if you remember me, I had that talk with you about the studio spaces. I got a building through that money. He bought the whole warehouse. I was like, hey, I'm converting this place over. I want you to like, give me your like, insight on how we should do all this. So I like, met up with him and did all this. And he is like, I'll hire you as my like manager slash leasey. Like I was like showing the building off to mm-hmm. people getting leases for them. But uh they didn't listen to everything I was trying to tell them and they built not to code. Like mm-hmm. you would literally walk your door. I was like, bro, these hallways aren't looking normal, man. Like you would walk yeah. out and your door would hit the hall across the just like, come yeah. on, man. If there's a fire and everybody opens a door, it's like yeah. a bunch of doors looking at doors, and now do I go? So like one day, uh Somebody from like the New York City Fire Department or something, I don't know, came through and like we got shut down Damn. for code, building code reasons. And for that, they had to shut down the studio and that was my means of income. That's the, that's so the, I was like, all right, shit, this is going to go sour real quick because it's, you know, yeah. New York City is expensive, mm-hmm. like thousand minimum at that time for a room. So like I low key was like homeless and I lived in my recording studio at that place for like 30 days, even after they like condemned it and shut it out and all yeah. that shit. Like, Sorry, Jordan. I'm, you didn't know I was in there, but I was definitely up in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy because, like, it was like, it wasn't a real, like, place to live. It was a recording mm. studio room with, like, my computer, a futon, and, like, down the hall, there was a bathroom. Mm. So, like, showering, all that other shit, so, food. Yeah. Got to hit the streets. So I was like, all right, time to sign up for all these free gyms. You know what I mean? Let me get a two-week trial over here. Let me get a two-week trial over here. Walk in the gym. They'd be like, well, didn't you just walk in? I'd be like, man, I'm just showering. <laughs> I ain't working out right now. Man, real life tips, man, right there. So, what, do you feel, what do you feel you learned the most like in your time in New York City? On the importance of being out there and like networking. Like being seen and all that, 
Because, like, even to this day, I was out there um, on September, like, 6th, I think it was, for the Duck Down posthumous Sean P. Uh, celebration show. Um, I haven't been to Brooklyn in probably, like, a year, maybe a year and a half before that. Maybe, I don't know if I, I may have, but I don't remember. But uh, every time I'm out there, like, all these, like, people I consider, like, legends. But like, yo, what's good, B? And it's like, yo, that's fucking crazy. They still remember me. Like, Illigy mm-hmm. walks up to me, and he's just like, yo, what's up, B? How you doing? It's like, yo, that's nuts. Like, you remember me still? Like, yeah, Drew Ha, the owner of Ducktown Records. I'm like, what's up, B? He's like, yeah. that's crazy to me. You know what I mean? So, like, the importance of that, because, like, I still have those relationships. So, like, even, like, Drew will deadass be like, yo, if you got something dope, send it over. Word. It's fire. We'll work with you. You know what I mean? So, like, putting yourself out there, like... um, we actually had a seminar with Duck Down James. He came to Buffalo and spoke to a bunch of people in like 2018 when I had moved back or whatever. And that's kind of what he was saying. It's like network and just get uncomfortable. That's what mm-hmm. it was, I'd say. Networking, being uncomfortable. And that's kind of why I am the way I am now. Like I was uncomfortable a little bit, like I said, moving out there, but I found a little bit of comfort in finding a place with somebody who was from Rochester rather than just a nobody. Um, we had some mutual Facebook friends, so I could hit him up and be like, yo, your man's bugging. Yeah. And uh, so, like, like, little things like that. But, like, um, I'm sure everybody's heard some form of the quote, um, there's no growth in a comfort zone. So, right. like, I love being uncomfortable in a sense. Like, I hate being on camera right now, but I know this is going to be good for everybody here. Like, mm. this conversation is going to help me figure certain things out, maybe help you figure some things out, maybe help you, maybe watch there on the camera, whatever. Somebody here can hear something we say and be like, yo, shit, I never thought about that, or I got a new idea because of this, or whatever. Like, or maybe I'm moving to fucking New York now because B didn't, mm. he met all these people, and maybe I want to do that. So kind of just getting yourself out there, being okay with uncomfortable. Yeah, that growth. That's where you grow. And every time you grow and you get comfortable, when you find yourself getting comfortable again, pivot. Facts. You know? That's real. So also being out there, and it's like you said, you had to, right before you came, you were basically homeless for 30 days. At least. <laughs> At least. <laughs> I might minimize so, it. So as somebody who you were managing a studio, you were you had you had the beats, you, you already did the DJing. As an artist, as a creative, how important is it to secure your finances in order to like really thrive in your art? That's a big one. Um, I think unless you personally like, yeah, well, regardless, that's still having your finances in order. Um, so for instance, like the individuals is an LLC, Bridge Studios New York is an LLC. So those two things, a contributing factor when I go and try and get a bank loan or open up a credit card or like something like that is my personal credit score. So it's like before I knew, I knew I was going to open up a business. So it was like, all right, let me spend these six months to go from, let's say a 600 to a 720. Mm. Cause you know, you know, that 680, 720 is like that golden zone. Yeah. So boom, if I had a 600 and I go to the bank and say, Hey, I want to do this. Here's my business plan. They're going to say, okay, your uh, credit card, uh, here's $5,000. If I have my shit on point, they're going to say, here's 20,000. Here's 50,000, you know, something like that. So, like, having all your shit in an order, like, as best as you can, like, you can't learn everything at once. Definitely do that. Because, like, without being able to invest in your brand or, like, whatever you're building, I mean, think about it. Why do we know Pepsi and Coca-Cola? Like, as an artist, you are a product. Mm. We only know about those brands because of the marketing behind them. Right. Like we know consistent mark. You can't just be like, yo, today I got a song drop. And I'm not gonna lie, I fall like I'm I do this all the time. I'll be like, yo, I got a song coming out, let me bump it out and push this track for like two weeks. Mm. Nah, dog, push that shit for fucking 45 days, 90 days, a whole year if you need to. Um, like what's that, Mo Bamba joint? That's the only track that dude has ever probably performed. He that and how much <laughs> he he's probably made more years. money than all of us. And he did. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, yeah, man. It's because he had somebody that was able to market it. Like right now, like they say, playlisting. Like I spend a good amount of money on like getting my stuff put on playlist. I'm not paying for plays, mm-hmm. but I'm paying playlisters to listen to my shit. They can Play choose songs. to not put it on the playlist. But there's different formats like Submit Hub and like uh, Playlist Push, I think it's called, where you can go and say, all right, listen, I want to buy some credits. 
$100 worth of credits and say, I want to get this single on 50 new playlists. Let's hit 50 curators up. Mm. And then they can hit you back and say, hey, this is why I liked it and this is why I didn't. I just recently did it and I got eight people who are going to add it to their, uh, their playlist on next Thursday when it drops. And then from there, when it, like, if somebody else finds it, then, hey, you know what? I fuck with this too. Let me add it to my playlist. So like those paid 50 playlists are just going to generate more. So like I did that like four times and say, got put on like 200 playlists. Come on. But off of that, I'm now on like a thousand playlists just because naturally like yeah, it grows. Hear it people yet. hear it and just grows because of the, you know, the consistent marketing. Facts. That's and that's true. another thing. I market in a lot of ways. Like you see right now, I'm wearing an individual's shirt, individual's chain, individual's hat. I'm not rocking this. I'm probably rocking a Bridge t-shirt or a Bridge Studios hat. You know what I mean? Like something, I'm always wearing something that's mine, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Nice. So like, I think if you're an artist, you always have to represent yourself as like, like Billy Esco, cafe. All day. Always. You never see him without cafe on. Well, you might, but I rarely have, mm -hmm. if ever. You know what I mean? Like, Every time you see, like, not every time, but like when you see uh, the Griselda boys, some, their teams around, yeah, they like, yeah, you know, yeah. they usually got some drip on, but their team, everybody behind them, 187 or drum work or whatever, their shirt, it's all in line because you're a walking billboard. So I've never, you'll see me a lot of time wearing a white tee if I'm not wearing IV or Bridge or whatever, because I'm either rocking an old label t shirt. Or my homie's t-shirt, mine, or something that I fuck with. I'm not going to rock a fucking Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't fuck with you. Yeah, I so like that's, that's I right. learned that in marketing in like eighth grade or something. They're like, yo, you are a walking billboard. So like, yeah, use it. Use it. And as an artist, it also shows the confidence you have like in yourself and in your product. Yeah. Like if you have a song that you put 10 hours into, but you only post it one or two times, why do you think people are actually going to go listen to that shit? That's that. I don't know if anybody, like I said, I'd be listening to random like podcasts and interviews when I'm doing my computer work at 3 o'clock in the morning. Two days ago, I was listening to that Tyler Creator joint. Mm -hmm. and he was like, I got people who will sit there and spend $200 on recording a song, $200 on the beat, $50, $100 on making the cover. Um, you know, you got to pay for the distro kid. You got to pay for A, B, C, D. You got to pay for the Photoshop. You got to pay ill photo, you know, I'm going to look good in the pictures. Let me pay for my $400,000, $500,000 outfit or whatever. And then you spent damn near, you know, $1,000, $2,000, dollars or whatever. And then you're going to post it on your story, your timeline once is what he says, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, how the hell are you going to tell me? Zero gonna, sense. How are you going to spend $5,000 to promote something once? So it's like, even if you do have money as an artist, like you said, the porn isn't having like finances, have your finances in order and know like, okay, where is the priority yeah, of spending? And I always say, like, depending on your situation, not everybody's story is the same. If you can, LLC up. Write that shit off. That's a fact. That's a fact. Deductible. I didn't, I didn't buy this. Brennan didn't buy this. Brennan Beats Anonymous didn't buy this. The individuals bought this shit. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing it, though. Yeah, man, that's and it also protects your assets. That yeah. too is shit. You gotta protect you your personal assets. You want something, go and take it. You ain't taking my bank account. You're taking IV's bank account mm -hmm. if that's the case. You know what I mean? If the money's in. Get that insurance. Yeah, exactly. Let <laughs> <laughs> me transfer some shit real quick. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's real. Look, don't let that go over your head, yo. Like, if you're an artist, he dropped a whole lot. We do, whole yeah, lot we do consults over here at IV too. Like Come I said, on. I've done a whole lot in the music business. I've almost done like. I've never rapped or anything, but like, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of shit. I've either seen that position done pretty well or done that job or like shadowed the person doing said job. Like yeah. my boy James as an A&R for Duckdown, he's literally, I've seen him do pretty much every job that a label, anybody working at a label would do other than push the record button. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I've seen him do that in like YouTube videos, like back before I moved out there was because there was not as many people. Maybe I was the one doing it now, you know, cause mm -hmm. I was an intern. So like, yeah, just stay bit. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he said, he said, he said a lot there. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Who were some of your favorite people that recorded at bridge? Oh, wow. Um, I had a lot of, like a lot of my homies are like musicians. So like, you know, 
Prime, Genesis, Tony Boy, who's staff, like mm. um, a lot of homies. Like Weedy, the God's fucking awesome dude. He's a good supporter of the place. He has all of his like listening parties there. Um, we have had a lot of like bigger names too, like Benny Conway, um, Red Cafe, Beanie Siegel, bunch of those dudes. Uh, Trey the Truth. Uh, was Freeway ever there? Freeway was Freeway there. Yeah, yeah, we got a track. I don't know if I God. I don't think I heard the track. I'm not certain, but um, there's a track with Freeway and Jay Skis. That didn't y'all never heard that. I right? hear that. Yet. Uh, yeah, I heard about it though. I heard it float. About I was gonna say around. you might have to bleep that out. I was <laughs> saying too much, but you've heard about it. So, I've heard okay, about it floating shit. around. Okay, but yeah, I was gonna say I think a lot of people heard about it because he went live that night. They were going live that whole fucking weekend. Yeah, but that yeah, was, was one of the wildest weeks. It was last August. Um, sitting there on like a Tuesday night, Conway's like, "Yo, load up this next track," and we're like. All right, what do you want us to call it? Call it Easy Track. And we're like, <laughs> yo, what? This is the midst of everybody waiting for Donda to drop. Yeah. And it was Keep My Spirit Alive. And we're like, oh, shit, bro. Like, That's hard. shit just got real. <laughs> 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 like, two o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to get out of here a little bit soon. He's like, yo, load up one more. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. So there's like three versions of that song that are actually released. So, like, that was like a real cool experience just because, like, I love all my local artists and like their local artists too, but like that was just real fucking fire to be like, yo, mom, listen to this track that's on a Kanye, it's on the radio. And like, yo, mm-hmm. mom, dad, look at fucking, uh, what's that? Harder They Fall. Mm-hmm. We got to, like, we have, we yeah. recorded a song that has credits with Jay Z and Jada Kiss. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, man. Boom Bap Rhythm on uh, The Harder They Fall. We recorded that at our spot, the, the Conway verse. And it's like, when we that's were hard. sitting there recording it, uh, Chad, his manager's like, yo, yeah, Jay's on that, like, as in, like, Jada Kiss, we thought, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, we already said that. And then he's like, nah, bro, Jay just called. He said he's getting on. He's like, you mean Jay, Jay? Like, Jay Electronica? He's like, nah, ho. We were all just like, oh, shit, like, this is getting crazy. Yeah, man. That's so dope. That's so dope. Yeah, real cool experiences, though. Like, But nah, honestly, like, my locals are, like, the ones that keep us afloat. I see them every day. You know what I mean? I see them every few weeks or months or whatever, but like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of real dope artists, man. And I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to say anybody like too much because I'm going to forget somebody. And then, yeah, like, Yo, why don't you say my name, bro? <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Yeah, man. <laughs> Go to my website, individuals.com. You can see my affiliate section. For sure, for, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Man, where, where, do you see, where do you see Bridge going in the next three to five years? Um, definitely growth. Can't say too much. We got some things planned for sure. We got a growth plan for sure. Um, Hopefully we can house No Label Podcast in our growth plan. If I'm not saying too much, but we got some things in the works for podcasters, painters, um, photographers, any type of like visual artists or audio. We got you. Um, hopefully next summer, um, y'all are you know you guys play the market and all that fun shit. You know stocks are getting stupid. For sure, real estate market's getting a little crazy. So mm-hmm. we're waiting a little bit because I'm just yeah, that's smart. Something that costs one hundred twenty thousand costs two hundred thousand, and right now it's back mm-hmm. to like one hundred fifty thousand. So it's like, Thanks. let me wait a couple more months and see if it goes right back down to that one twenty. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, save, you know, if you save thirty thousand over however many years, that's a lot of money I could put right in the bank. I'm not saying that's a real number, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, I definitely get that. Uh, we're definitely just trying to keep growing, though. Like, we got a lot of shit going, as you know. You come in the spot, it's never the same when you come in. It looks yeah, different yeah. every time, always upgrading. New TV mm-hmm. on the wall, new lights. It's <laughs> something. something. New something that's going hard. Uh, can you tell us about your uh, the beat battles? Ah, so I'm not the beat battle. That's Elbiz and Fee. I do the beat auction. Beat auction. Beat auction. Beat, beat auction. auction. So the beat auction is uh, it's a new concept that we've been uh, running for. This is our third event. Um, but everything information-wise, will be available on individuals.com. Yeah, we'll share it. We'll definitely share it. Yeah, thank you. Um, but the beat auction is a real fire uh, situation. Um, I got a bunch of real talented producers in my spot, and I know people that come through my studio because it's 24-7, 365. I got six engineers damn near working out of there. So it's like I've seen so much talent come in there. And one thing that kind of irks me the most is when I already know it when I sit down and I start a session. All right, bro, what beat am I converting from YouTube today? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, go ahead and do that. But like, if you're a serious artist, create. Cre- yeah, create and build with somebody that you know and can like 
actually own because mm-hmm. a lot of the times when you go to them joints, I already see it's got 5,000 views. Mm-hmm. So what's that mean? At least 1,000 people downloaded, I'm guessing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that means there's 1,000 songs on it. And there's been times where like I had a session and then my engineer comes in after me and the dude after is like, yo, load up this beat. It's the same damn YouTube mm-hmm. type beat. And it's like, yo, y'all really making the exact same not the exact same song, but like a beat, mm-hmm. a song over the same mm-hmm. beat. So like after that kept happening so much, I was like, yo, we got to start educating these artists on like ownership of their music. Yeah. And like, and think about, it. yo, y'all think you can get away with that? Like, nah, they're just going to wait for you to get 20 million views or yep. whatever. And then- Hit you up like Sting. Oh, no, no, keep going, keep going. I see you, you got my <laughs> you beat up like there. Sting. Yeah. Yo, that <laughs> is, yeah. Juice World. So I, if y'all agree. don't know what he's talking about, Puff Daddy owes Sting $2,000 a day until the day he dies because he used Every, uh, I'll be missing you. What the hell is the original? Every, I'll be every watching you. Every breath I take. Every, I, I think it's I'll be watching. I'll be watching you. The Sting yeah. song, the police song. But Diddy was like, nah, I'm not going to clear that. And so Sting said, all right, let's, let's, let's settle this. Pay me $2,000 a day. Do the math. That's a lot of fucking money. He doesn't have to do anything else ever. Do you make $2,000 a day? Yo, same shit with Timbaland. Um, Big Pimpin. That's a, that, Indian, that was that like, yeah, I, um, from some Indian joint, um, mm-hmm. some film, I believe. Uh, that joint, they let it rock for like 10 years. That was a number one for how long? Yeah. And then they said, yo, Timbo, you remember that song that was a number one? You retrospectively owe us X amount of money. And so he was like, fuck. And, he, and he, you could literally <laughs> say anywhere, you could say, I want 2%, or you could say, I want 100 And, and that's the crazy part. <laughs> Retroactive. <Yeah. laughs> Didn't, uh, I think Sting took, what, 90? He took 90% yeah. of his yeah. and. From two grand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was like the how he's getting paid to the two thousand dollars a week or day or whatever, but that's insane. Oh no, I was talking about a separate situation. He, no, what, Stink, you know Stink the Lucid Dream song, yeah. Juice World? Oh shit. That was also oh, a Sting Oh, you're right. Yeah. I think it was more than I think it might have been like ninety eight percent. Got bro. Sting out here chilling, man. <laughs> yeah. He's just like I don't know. Like, 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 young ignorant assholes. Like, what the fuck? These guys are amazing. I love them. Keep doing it. They don't know shit about the music business. Let me cake up. And the thing is, when it comes to like an artist like Juice World, R.I.P. He was a younger artist. He needed that hit, right? So he can still tour off of that. He can do a whole lot off of that. Whereas the producer, producer ain't making shit off of that. Yeah. He ain't getting no royalties or none of that. Cause yeah, depending on, depending on the yeah, situation, still, you're not yeah, yeah. getting shit. Like, Juice World can still make money on the back end with shows, performances, all that type of facts. stuff. There's situations where the producer can, but it's very rare because unless you're like, you know, a hit boy or something mm-hmm. like, like, you know, you got to be big yeah. to like get those bargaining chips. Like, what's, what's the average split for producers? On, uh, on a full track. Uh, like full track. You, fu- you fully produce, no sample. You you and the artist sit down. Y'all create. The it should song. be a fifty fifty writer 50. writer and producer split, but then comes in depending on their situation and your situation. I like I'm self published, so like, are you giving some of your percent to a publisher? Mm-hmm. Are you giving some of your percentage to you know your legal team? Obviously, who's going to mm-hmm. facilitate all the paperwork and shit like that. So there's a lot of like. Yeah. Lot of Aren't there, and then there's like the whole points thing. Yeah, I was like about to bring that up. The points. Points. Yeah. And that's a whole. I personally have never even gotten a track big enough to have to deal with like actual points mm-hmm. but like that's a whole I think can you like, explain that a little bit for the people who aren't familiar with it um points are basically like what you can calculate to generate so a song makes a thousand or a hundred bucks and you got three points on it you make three bucks essentially mm-hmm. then so of course tax and all that other bs come in mm-hmm. But I don't know the actual point structure, so I, I'm not too comfortable speaking on that gotcha. because, like I said, I haven't really dove into that, and that's kind of something I'm actually really like focusing on with IV over the fall and winter because that's something that I do want to actually understand a bit better. And um, I actually am kind of talking right now to like an actual music law attorney to like help me out with that whole world a little bit better. Um, if you don't have a fucking lawyer, you're gonna get mm-hmm. bullied. You're gonna walk Sorry. up to someone and say, "Who the fuck are you?" But if you have your lawyer send that shit over, they're gonna say, "All right, we gotta talk to his lawyer a little nicer." You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's also why I haven't really even gotten into those situations because I know how it goes. So it's like, you know what? I haven't had the bag right. Yeah. Now I'm getting a little bit closer to having the bag right, so I can have this like real LA music law attorney be like, "All right, yeah, yo, here's his my, contract." Yo, talk to my yeah, exactly. Like, don't talk to me. Talk to my lawyer. Like, mm-hmm. he's there for that. 
But I should actually, I should know more on that. And like, I got the damn book. Um, every everybody that works in music should have the Donald S. Passman. Mm-hmm. All you need to know about the music business. Yeah, I read that Volume ten. It. I read mm-hmm. the seventh and sixth. I bought the tenth, but I got to brush up on it. But like I said, I read that back when I was at Villa Maria and I dropped out of there in like 2007 or 8. I knew, <laughs> I knew like the point structure. I can't That's remember. what I'm saying. I knew it all too, but like it's been so long mm-hmm. since I've actually gotten into it. So it's but there's like, a good, ah. there's a podcast. Are you familiar with Producer Grind? Um, Producer Grind podcast. I feel like I do with, know. Um, you know what that is, Mom? I'm, fam- I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay, I think I might know. Is but it that, like a circle? Like the logos are the circle and it says producer and then grind underneath? Yeah, I think so. I think I but they have an episode with uh Forever Rolling, a producer, where he explains it well. So okay. if you don't know all the producers, musicians, check that out. I have to look that up myself. Forever Rolling, he's like uh he does ASTG. a lot of the yeah, ESTG, Detroit okay. beats, all of that. There's Forever a, Rolling. There's a dude, um, his name's Lamont Graves as well. And I would say he's like the god at this right now like you can hit him for like a one-on-one consult and just be like yo here's my exact situation and here's what i need help with let's i'll go on zoom live and show you my ASCAP reports mm-hmm. and all this and you tell me what the hell i'm supposed to do yeah. so that guy's real dope he's actually like got a really dope platform over the last few years doing that my boy um john glass from lynn massachusetts i believe or danvers uh he produced a track for j cole and bia the london joint yeah mm-hmm. oh wow and uh he has been producing for years, for years. He actually like started out the artist Token, if you ever heard of him. Yeah, I heard of him. And uh, this is like his first like big track. And like I truly, I, I don't know for sure I, if I'm wrong. Sorry, John, but I truly think about a lot of that success came from his like ability to like now navigate the contractual and like, all right, here's what I need to actually do to get this to the right people the right way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Rather than just like, yo, check your email. I sent you a beat. Fuck, that's mine now. <laughs> Word. I've seen so many rappers come into my studio, like bigger up guys, and just be like, let me just go through my email and see what's here. And like, they'll be like, shit, all right, there ain't no contract in this one. Upload this one. It's like, ah, that's crazy. They're just going to take that <laughs> joint and then hit the dude and be like, yo, I got you on that. I'm going to. Oh, yeah, I got the, you, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. I got you on a, you know, a tag or something like that. We'll swipe like, it out. But you know what? Sometimes, shit, I would do that for certain people. Depending on where you are, you don't have a bargaining chip, then you don't have a bargaining chip. That might be your level up to have the bargaining chip. Yo, I did that track with Homeboy last year. I didn't get paid for it, but you don't know that. Mm -hmm. But you think I'm, you know, such and such, so now everything's perception. Thanks. Yeah, that's what Juice was kind of saying with the Sting track. He was like, just kind of chalking it up to the game. Like, this is how I got my foot in the door, so. Right. Yeah. Can't monetize it too much or whatever, but you still everybody in the world knows you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now you can monetize your Instagram reels or whatever the hell you want to do. There's yeah. a thousand ways to make money in this music business shit. Yeah, that's it becomes your advertisement now. Listen, I'm trying, I was listening to a dude. His name is uh, uh, Andre Norman, and he was just talking about like just different dope ways of like marketing and work and working with people. And he was referring to like he was talking about one of his friends. Uh, he was a life coach. And what he did was he pays an author to, to write his book. So he writes a book and he was like, okay, give him, told him everything to write. He said, yo, uh, okay, what, what's the splits? What's the splits on the book? He was like, uh, most people would think 50-50. He was like, nah, bro, author, you keep 100% of that. Gave publisher? Him 100%, yeah, publisher, give him 100%. And he was just like, he was using the book. That was like, maybe gross, maybe like $2 million. But his coach, his life coaching was so much... Okay. That much more money, so he used the book as advertisement. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, man yeah. is gonna write that much harder. He gonna yeah. put his foot in that shit, going yeah. even harder, because yeah. he getting. I, getting I want this. To, I want that. this to go good. Yeah, yeah. I want this to go big. So and I'm it, gonna put my ass. In and it there. made yeah. him. It made him even more wealthy just by working together and sharing it amongst each other. Yeah, it's enough money for everybody, man. Big facts. Yeah, that was a whole thing I was saying for a while. We can all get money. We can all get money. That's a fact. That's like a, like to go back to the beat auction, honestly, like that's kind of why I do it too. I'm, uh, I'm the coordinator of it, I'm a producer or whatnot, but it's for eight producers mm. to come up three beats each, play three beats, let whoever's in the crowd, you know, 20, 30, 40 rappers sitting in the crowd, like, yo, shit, that's just fire. Let me bid 75. Oh, shit, 85, 95. Mm-hmm. Little fucking, you know, bidding war go off. Yeah, that's and, Like people get beats. Like last, uh, we had Bozak Morris. Pull up to the last one and he sold the joint for 300 but like he was saying straight up like you're not just buying a beat you're buying like a, 
relationship. At least, with me, yeah. Like I'm not just gonna answer anybody on my Instagram. People hit me up on Instagram all the time. Like if you do, I'll be like, yo, what's good? But like if you want me to dedicate time to you, like give me like more of a reason to, you know? Like Word. it doesn't mean you have to spend money with me always, but it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, break bread if we're if I'm a music producer and that's what I do and that's what you know me for, and you want beats and like all right, pay me for my beats, you know what mm. I mean? It's not bullshit. Like it's real shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's kind of like, you know, giving everybody a chance to grow. Yeah, like, building everybody. Yeah. yeah, man. And I feel like that's one thing that that's going to help our city specifically because we don't have the biggest market. So it was once we all help each other out, everybody help everybody get paid in the in this industry. Right. I feel like that's when we'll that's when we'll break through and make some like, crazy noise. Yeah, who, who are some of your uh, dream collabs? Well, my favorite rapper ever is Nas. So I would, if I got a Nas track tonight, <laughs> I would tap out. <laughs> hey, I'm good, y'all. I got my Nas track. Like, that ass. It's like, yo, I don't need to do a track with anybody else. Like, I got the Nas track. Like, boom. I don't even care if any of y'all here. I'll listen to that motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like, probably Nas, but like, um, for a while, um, Kendrick, but I wouldn't say like dream collab there anymore. I would love to work with him, but I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm dreaming. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know. I think like Nas to me is like just like the real, like, not to say Hove isn't, like, that's obviously I would fucking feel the same way about that. Mm-hmm. But sorry to whoever's out there, not sorry, but I'm more of a Nas guy over Jay Z as far as like the lyrics and bars go. Nas is just like, I learn something every time I listen to a Nas song or an album. Like, a lot of the shit that I do and, like, pull notes from is from Nas songs. Like, you do the same with Jay-Z, but, like, I feel like... It's in a different way. It's in, like, a different... Different way. bandwidth or frequency, yeah. yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like every time he says it, it's like, oh, yeah, Jay-Z said that two, two albums ago. You know what I mean? Like, Jay-Z said that... Or, I mean, Nas said that a different way, like, two albums ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People forget Nas was out before Jay-Z. Nas mm-hmm. was always... I don't say always ahead, but Jay-Z was always... Gunning for him, it wasn't the other. He was way never around. chasing, yeah. It was never the other way around. But then it switched at some point. Switched at some point. Now we're gonna start talking about the money, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Ether, Ether, Ether was. I think, I think it was when Jay had that big influence, like outside of just music. You know what I mean? Like Nas, nah, yeah, yeah, Nas, yeah, yeah. Nas never went into fashion. He never went into opening the club. He never went into the liquor and all of that. That's where Jay's like influence was. Well, able Nas to is well, yeah, he's technically not, but he is part of Hennessy. But like, yeah. he doesn't have his own shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I see what you're saying. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like the business side, yeah, business side, Jay Z all day, yeah. That, but, but that, at the that's same why time, he was able to y'all boys know him. like I like to invest. I haven't been very active, obviously, and I think I told y'all like it's been. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a little bit. Let me mm-hmm. stack some cash, mm-hmm. put it to the side, and when it gets ready, now we invest. But uh. Nas is one of the real reasons I was first like intrigued about investing. I don't know what album or song it was like off the top, but like he said something about, you know, some sly verse. He was like, I don't know, I invested in, you know, flip it or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. Let me think about that a little bit. And, and I, then, like, I like how he did it. He did it like subtly. It was a very subtle like. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, ring, ring. Yeah, I invested in ring. Uber. I invested in Uber. I invoice Coinbase. invested in Coinbase. Yeah, it's like, yo, those are like $4 billion companies right now. Like, how much did you get, son? Like, oh, you're eating. Yes. So it's like, okay. And that's like when I was, you know, that's also when I started to like diversify my portfolio as far as like businesses and things like that too. Like any successful, like, like greatly successful person's got multiple hustles and businesses. So like, Myself, I have a couple things going on, um, trying to, you know, keep going until the time I can't, you know what I mean? I'm, rocks of the wheels fall off, basically. Like, anything I can manage, I'm going to do. That's hard. Got anything? 360? Yes, sir. I got a couple questions for you, bro. Word. Um, what was the, what's like some of the toughest parts about being an engineer at Bridge? Like I can imagine there's been a couple nights where you'd be like, you know, had to tell somebody like that ain't it or something like that. Um, so a lot of the time for like especially like the first few times I'll record an artist, um, I really won't intervene or say nothing about like their lyrics or anything or like the structure just because I don't want to like have them not come back to my studio. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, all right, we're a dog. But like after like two or three sessions, then I'll start being like, yo, bro. 
So you know that line here, you know what I mean? But um, I think the biggest thing is like, uh, trying to like teach and like mm -hmm. translate the like etiquette of studio to artists, if that makes sense. A lot of artists just like to come in and like think it's a party or like, yo, right. we got two hours in here, I'm gonna record five songs. And it's like, all right, bro, go for it. But they're not gonna sound like if you spent an hour on one song, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like, I think a lot of times people just like, A, expect a little too much out of the engineer for like what they're doing. Like have people talking behind you. So that's kind of why you see in my studio, I have the lobby with the games and the TVs, the PS5. Like, yo, 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 you can go play Madden out there, you know, so I can fucking get down and actually, like, work. It's like, it's like, oh, is that the ad lib? Is that him back there saying, yo, my nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, things like that, just like, it becomes a distraction almost. And like, if I'm not there with an intern, I don't have a second set of eyes, like, on the whole space. So like, if they do bring too many people, and like I hear people fucking around in the lobby. It's just like, yo, I gotta get up now out of my seat. Yeah. And that's fucking with your session because you brought these people in on your session that are wilding out in my lobby. And I gotta check that because this is my property. I don't want them doing nothing crazy, pushing each other into my turntables that cost, you know, fifteen hundred dollars. And yeah. I don't know if you got fifteen hundred dollars and I'm not trying to make an insurance claim and all that. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like the the big I don't know, like I'm I try to do like be as professional and like business minded, but like also human and chill. So like that whole balance, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I think I do a pretty good job at it. You do. It, so like, it's a lost art in the music industry. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I will say it has taken right. away from my creativity though. Like, it, it, trying it, to be it, professional. Yeah, like it's yeah. a balance. It's like, yeah, it's hard. I like it's to like really read like novels and shit. You know what I mean? But I haven't read one in like two or three years, bro. I've been reading like. Oh, how to fucking accountant for this and that. Like, oh, how to sell your business and, you know, all this bullshit, which is not bullshit, but it's like, <laughs> man, I don't want all this bullshit. You know what I mean? No, it's just like, shit, I got to learn how to write a business plan so I can go and do what I was talking about for the growth plan and shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can go to a bank and say, listen, this makes sense, right? I have a business plan that shows you I can make 100 and whatever K a year and if I have this, so I just need X amount of dollars to do it. It shows you right here that I can do it, but only because I took the time to read that bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I think like, you know, when you do that, you kind of, the left brain, right brain thing. Like yeah, the creativity kind of goes and like gets into like the math world of where it's yeah, like, damn, sure. I want to be reading like, I don't really read fucking Harry Potter, but like I could be reading some mystical shit like Harry mm -hmm. Potter. You know what I mean? Like. Some shit like that. I want to read some Baldwin books. Like, James Baldwin is the fucking man. But, like, I buy books all the time, but I can't even read. And I just add them to my library for later. So it's like, ah, one day. <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah, so could you mention something about, like, just, you know, not having two sets of eyes? You ever think about, like, kind of, like, stepping away from hip-hop? Just because, like, the temperature of the game? Like, mad niggas just guns, fighting, negativity. You ever just feel like, you know what? Let me move over to R&B or pop. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the time. R&B ain't dead. All the time. Yo, it's funny. I was watching, like I said, I'd be sitting on my computer doing work. I was listening to the Love, uh, Puff Daddy Love, whatever he wants to go by <laughs> interview on the Breakfast <laughs> Club or whatever. And he was just, you know, he was saying. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm listening to a lot of like good R&B, bro. Because there was a part where he's like, you can't be driving down the street and like, what are you singing with your girl? And I was like, I be having no trips with my girl. We got a couple of tracks that we be singing Facts. together, bro. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Like. There's a couple bops. He's but, putting um, on an album. It's yeah. part of marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Get him but talking it's about it. It's really nasty. It's, yeah, it's a bad way of marketing. But it, yo, it, come on. It's Diddy. It's even, Diddy. Bro, it's even Diddy. Going, what do we even expect? Even going on to Breakfast Club, show me, show me somebody. Come with receipts. I'm tired of people saying, talking dirt on my too. name, saying I owe them money. You know how many people? I, I've run into people who say, <laughs> like, But you know you what, mean? though? I will say what he, he did make a good point from the business end of that, because I kind of zoomed in, like, focus-wise. And I, I don't know if this is all true. I might be like, wrong on what I understood about his statement, but one part he was saying like, you know, show the receipts, blah, 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 blah. Um, Nas, I, or not, Mace had a, the one album, but I think he had a two album deal or something like that. So Mace. you can never, he didn't recoup his you deal. Never, yeah, so you're never, never going to get out of that deal and so, your masters are money until you put out that shit yeah, and give them that shit. I can't so, give you that money because you technically you still owe me, owe me something. So why would I ever pay you 
regardless of what the money that you think I owe you is, if you owe me, and that's kind of what it is. Oh, a so lot double, of these guys. Double Up wasn't under Bad Boy. I don't. Double Up so. was Mace's second album, right? I don't remember. It was Harlem World and Double Up. I, I remember Harlem World, and I don't remember the name. I think of the Double Up was the second one. Never, I, I, I don't recall, sure. but from what I remember him saying, he goes. But he said it was. He literally he goes. He goes. I put out one album with that man. Who do you want me to give? How much money do you think I should give him? So if that's the truth, and you know the receipts do show that he only had him sign for that one album or whatever, I get why he. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I just I seen another dude. He was like, I have twenty years of documentation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all the things that I've done writing for. But that's the thing. Mary so th- if you got it, take the man to court. For Go sure, for it. Man. That's why we do things legally in the business. That's why I'm saying like getting your ducks in line, having your financials in order, have your team in order. Dame Dash and Jay got in fucking shit. Because you know what I mean, like you have to all have everybody got to have this shit in order. Because yep. if you don't, we see what happens with the big yeah. guys, little guys, anyone. That's a fact. So my, it's gonna be my last question, um, and you can answer this the best you can. So I came into No Label like a little bit late, right? What was the thing that when they kind of stepped to you was like, yo, we trying to record this pod out of here? What was like your initial reaction? And did you think like it was gonna be? Because No Label, in my opinion, is pretty big now. Did you think it was really gonna be like? Is popping or you thought it was gone? I did actually because it's a great question, Kimon. <laughs> <laughs> so at first we had never had a podcast, I believe filmed. I think I told you I was like, I don't think we've ever done this, but you're more than like welcome mm-hmm. to try it out. I don't know what you want to set up. We can come in and like, yeah, figure maybe. it all out, mm-hmm. I think. And we just kind of like winged it because like that's kind of me. Uncomfortable with that because I don't know how it's gonna work. But if you're mm-hmm. cool being uncomfortable with this whole trying it out shit, mm-hmm. let's do it. And it worked out the first time, and y'all, eventually, I gave them the fucking keys of the door. I was like, yo, yo, I don't even have to be here anymore. I trust y'all boys. Here's the, the code to the door. Y'all can come in on your own. You know how to turn the heat on. Y'all know how to do everything. Yeah, do it up. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, I loved it. And I think, yeah, you have done a lot of growth, and I thought you were going to do well just because, like, from day one, like, you were produced well. Like, you had a team. And that's, like, the biggest thing is, like, even having like one person to help you with something. Like at the studio, I got my engineers that helped me with like sessions and everything. Not to say they don't help me with everything, but like that's their that's like their obligation. Career. Like help me with the, 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 uh, the sessions at the studio. Um, I don't really ask them to help me with nothing else as far as like the administrators. Like, yo, I got calls coming in all day. Can y'all take, no, nah, that's me. I own the business technically, you know what I mean? But like, they're just engineers there. It's like a barbershop. Like if somebody comes mm-hmm. in and has a problem with the barbershop, the, the owner of the barbershop got to handle that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like on that tip. But um, y'all have each other's backs so well and like, Yo, you do this, you do that, you do this. You kind of know where you're all supposed to fall in line and whatnot. So, like, that's a major, like, pro for, like, any team. And uh, the way you've, like, structured everything, you guys, like, you know, you have a logo and all that shit, Mm -hmm. which we were saying, important to brand yourself, important to have the consistency. You guys are continuously putting out shit. You know, every now and then you might have to do a little, like, longer break than you needed because somebody had to miss an interview or whatever. But, like... Y'all are doing it. Yeah, man. I honestly, I thought, yeah, Appreciate I was like, yo, this is actually going to be a dope podcast. It's actually moving. Because you guys had great guests and everything. Like, look, the little homie Kevin Spears. Y'all had him at the studio, what, two years ago? Yeah. Homeboy just I played in Madison Square Garden, like, fucking a uh, month ago. He's on a tour. Like, come on. Not Madison Square Garden. What's that called on NBC? Uh, you saw him, right? He played for... Uh, Not Jimmy Anise. Anise, Anise yeah. Anise. And uh, what's that? NBC uh, 30, uh, Rockefeller Center. Yo, he played yeah. in the Rockefeller Center or whatever. But, like, it's crazy. It's just like... That is crazy. You know what I mean? It's like everybody is doing different dope shit. So yeah, like progression, man. Appreciate that. We had Tone. Well, we uh, Tone might have been our second. Or he was second or third. Like our third guest. Yeah. Like our okay. third guest, and I, we was talking about it, and he's like, "Yo, yeah, I like my man Brendan." I was like, "Called you to him the same day." <laughs> yeah, we was able to make it happen. Yeah, that's hey. I got anybody in the city that needs anything with the music, audio, anything in this realm of world that we live in. As long as, you know, you ain't out here wilding and I can ask somebody about you, bro. Yo, homeboy cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got you, you know what I'm saying? So right, that's solid. That's solid. Nah, we appreciate you helping us out throughout the journey, man, for sure. Hey, of course. Real and solid. I got you on the way too. We can keep progressing together. Real sir. Sure. Where where can everybody find anything they need to know, like about booking studio sessions, consulting? Um, so the easiest way to book a session would be to go either on Google and just type in Bridge Studios NY. Or um, 
at Bridge Studios NY on um, Instagram. But uh, I'm likely going to tell you to book it on the website anyways. Right. So just the website, www.bridgestudiosny, or just Google it, and you can find everything from there. Um, we do all types of sessions. Uh, we got listening parties, music video shoots, if you want to do that there. A lot of people come through just to do that. Um, and then... Uh, consultations and like events and things like that, like the beat auction and all that, mm -hmm. that's via the individuals, which is at the I-N-D-I-E-V-I-S-U-A-L-S or the individuals.com. It's on the shirt. You should be able to see it, I hope. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, and that um, is kind of like the multifaceted company that covers everything that the studio does not putting out my music, putting events on, consultations, right. merchandise, all that good shit. But man, if we're somebody like, yo, I want some beats from Beats Anonymous, man, how do I do that? Go to the website or hit me up on my Instagram. Um, I actually got a little deal I'm doing too, so if you want to learn about that, just DM me uh, since I own the studio. Three for tens? It's three for ten. So uh, since I own the studio, I've been doing a deal where if you want, because I don't really like to send beats because a lot of the time you'll do that and then somebody will like not answer or whatnot and you'll get an email back. This person hasn't opened the email. We transfer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, what are you doing? And then you don't know what they're actually doing. And then you want to play beats for other people. You're like, oh, but I sent that off to Homeboy, so I don't know if he's actually going to use it or not. Yeah. So what I do is have people come to my studio and um, for depending on how many beats you're looking for, I'll throw you a really dope rate. You can get in for like three or four hours come listen to some beats, record your shit as well. So you technically get a free recording session as well. So you can at least get like a rough down of your song. If you need to come back and record a full, you know, like, oh, I switched it up, I got a hook now or whatever. We can get that all set up too, as, you know. But hit me up on either Individuals or Beats Anonymous or Bridge Studios. You can find me in so many different ways. Where just look for the, look for the just IV, look for the logo, man. son. Look for the IV. Hell yeah. All right, bro, appreciate you pulling up. Appreciate y'all. Thank no you. Thank you for having me. We out. Peace.